Episode four, I'm Matt, your host. Big Red, how are we? Bill's here. And uh, we've got producer Timmy, as always. How you going, mate? Still, still not allowed on, on camera after the incident. No, thanks, boys. Good to be back. And even better this week, we've got our first guest live in studio. Special guest, former Queensland cricketer, Aaron Nye. Errol, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks, well, boys. Welcome, thanks Nisey. Me. Thanks yeah. for coming to... Uh, to the sweat box uh, that is uh, Beers and Banter H- HQ. Yeah, very good. Thanks that, for having me. That's actually what I wanted to call the show, the sweaty box. but it didn't <laughs> <laughs> Probably already used. Yeah. Uh, didn't, didn't get off the ground. Uh, well. What a weekend. Massive. Again, I say it every week, but. Uh, it gets better. Not a lot of sleep getting done and not a lot of jobs getting done around the house, I can tell you now. Big episode. We're going to cover off the NRL, the AFL, uh, a little bit of rugby. Apparently there's some news going on in the rugby circles. Uh, F1. V8s, UFC, uh, we'll touch on the NBA, obviously a massive day for Game of Thrones fans, winter is here, uh, golf, and we might do a bit of cricket mm. with Nisey. Uh Science update, Timmy? Black holes this week. Yes. Big Stay. week with science, Matty. That, that is going to keep the listeners right till the very end. Thanks, mate. Righto, let's get into it. Uh, Broncos, I told you last week, they're done. It's getting close to the end for him, isn't it? Yeah, They're smudge. under a bit of pressure. Oh, guys, I don't know about that. Nice, he's an avid Broncos call. man. Oh, sorry, should have sorted that out before we started. <laughs> Pretty sure they don't play finals in uh, in April. No, yeah. they don't. But well, but it's not only the Broncos. What about the Panthers? The two teams that a lot of guys tipped to make the grand final at the start of the year, both in the bottom eight already. Oh, the Panthers come up against the Titans. That they was did play the best team in the comp yeah. on the weekend. So watch them go on a run. <laughs> so what? Anything notable out of the Broncos game? It was that long ago. I can't even. I can't remember. I've watched that much sport this weekend. Uh, not completing their sets. Um, ball just control. Couldn't get just the job basic, done. Basic yeah. errors. Yeah. They just they don't. Just they're not gelling, are they? They're getting mu- out muscled in the first fifteen minutes. They're doing a lot of defence. It's you know they're getting gassed early, and it's just hard to compete um, for the rest of the game when you're you know constantly tackling. It's all yeah. they seem to be doing. They don't um, you know, and they're dropping a few balls and early on, and then not completing. So. Makes it really difficult. I don't know how you can sustain that, but and I think there's a few issues too. They don't have a leader in the pack, and uh, their uh, halves are struggling to guide them around the field, which has always been a problem. Well, they're, they're certainly a long way off the mark when you look at the Storm and the Roosters. What about? I think everyone's clearly, off, clearly everyone's the two standout teams. A lot of pressure on Boyd, but like they're they're blaming their losses on Boyd. But is he really? He's not. He's not taking you forward. But is there merit to that? Do you think? Like they're gonna. Should he slot into the six and maybe put Milford to the fullback position? I don't think Milford's going as good as he used to, is he? No, no. overpaid. Two years ago he was pretty good, but I think he's... Yeah, he's, he's not living up to the, the million-dollar price tag, that's for sure. No. But I think, too, if you have a look at all the other spines in the competition, the fullback uh, also acts as another six and provides some um, you know, continuity in the attack and they're not getting it from Boyd. Yeah. To me, it looks like he's a yard slow... I mean, he's a turnstile on defence, as good as Dylan was when he was playing AFL, from memory. Yeah, I didn't have much defence. There, there's been a few highlights there that have sort of shown up him not, not putting his body on the line, but I just think mm. it's tough. He's, uh, he's had a good career. Tough uh, Raiders tough are the criticism. one that uh, I'm impressed with so far. Normally slow starter um, in, in the years gone by, but this year... Who have they played but? Mm. 
I watched them yesterday. They were solid. They're a pretty good team. They were solid. Yeah, Manly. What about Manly? Manly have had that some was, wins. They were supposed to be really good this they year. They were supposed to be terrible. Manly yeah. and the Tigers were, were bottom eight sides yeah. at the start of the year. Madge. Mm. What about uh, our, our beloved Titans got up? They did. Huge. Well, they did. They started to look the goods on the weekend and uh, watch them go on a run now. Played with a bit of passion finally. Yeah. And then it was still on the line at the end of the game. They still kept turning up. Yeah. Some would say a controversial penalty try, but I watched it back no, again last night and it's penalty try. I don't think there's anything week. controversial about it. I think James Mayne is the only one that thought it wasn't a try. Yeah. Mm, he likes to argue about it. He anything, was still salty in the Matty John show last night too. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was still sucking. What about one point out of rugby league that I thought was interesting? Uh, Josh Maguire and he got a three thousand dollar fine for an eye gouge. Yeah, I think I think that's Did pretty grubby, that? and I think he's got it in his game. And I think he should know better as a bloke that's blind in one eye. Keep your hands mm. out of the, out of your mm. opposition face, like fellow Queenslander. Mm. I, yeah, I thought that was rubbish. To be honest, he doesn't need that in his game. He's good enough footy player without without that bullshit. Yeah, I mean, three thousand dollars fine's not going to hurt him, is it? No, not when Wallace gets two weeks for a solid tackle. Mm. Like that'll that'll be on the highlight reel. Good old fashioned hit. Yeah, that's that's, that's uh, the aspect of the game that's gone though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the other big news in NRL: Greg Inglis retired this afternoon. Oh, did. That is massive. Mm. Uh, sad that not all champions get to go out mm. the way they want to, but geez, he's been he's been going at it for a long time. He has, and I think it's been coming for a while. Um, his body hasn't been good for some time now. Not uh, just that; I think he's had mental health issues too, hasn't he? Yeah, he's had off-field issues not, as well. Not being able to stay at the peak of his game, which if you're an athlete, well, big, I don't really care about South, but who plays in the centres for the for the Maroons this year? And who captains? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't know. Daily Cherry Evans, man. No, mate of mine texted me last night and he said, you better not better not throw DCE up as an <laughs> option for captain. Well, it would have to be Munster, wouldn't it? Just get him blooded in now. Yeah, Because he's going to be there for a long time. Mm-hmm. I maybe. think he's the best cool. player in the comp. Righto. Knights not living up to the hype. They're, uh, they've now gone four and one, one and four. Mm, one few one injuries, four, a few yeah. injuries have cost them though. Yeah, give them a couple more weeks. I think they'll come good. Is Nathan Brown's been able to stay for the last three or four years? Hey, I haven't got the roster, but yeah, all of a sudden he's sort of got some good cattle there. And well, still... they recruited better better than anyone at the end of last year. Yeah, mm. I mean their list is is good. Should be a top four side. Yeah, so the Dragons thumped thumped the Bulldogs doing the Titans a favour last night. They did. It's good to see the the dogs get beaten, isn't it? Mm, must say. Well, they, they they were supposed to be on. Going for the spoon, not us. So I do like the fact that we uh, we jumped up to fourteen. So we've got the Knights this week, so we we should string another one back to back. Would you think we'll belt them? Mm. I think you'll find that Dean Pay will go before Nathan Brown. They just renewed his contract, didn't they? Did they? Oh, they did too. Actually, three years. Mm. Mm. He's got no. He's got no players. No, he he hasn't got the cattle. They paid, they paid a few blokes way overs and then, uh, you know, they freed up some money but then everyone else was bought, wasn't it? And then Kieran Foran's injured as well. Yeah, yep. Well, I actually watched a bit of AFL yesterday for the first time. Good boy. And then Next. just – About time. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Suns were down <laughs> with a couple of minutes to play. I had to hop up and do something and then when I sat back down on the couch, apparently that won in exciting fashion. Yeah, it was only 13 or 14 seconds left on the clock. Um, one of the young blokes snapped on his left, his non-dominant leg, and uh, straight through for a goal. They won by three or four points, I think it was, in the end. It actually yeah, nice. wasn't a great game, but wins a win. few out there at Carrara? Probably 25 people, I guess. It wasn't a massive <laughs> crowd, but they're only playing Carlton, to be fair. So, But you can't do any more than win. They're three and one now. So. Q1 clash this weekend, apparently. Is that right? 
No, no, it's Brisbane Collingwood this week. Oh, Thursday a shocker, night. sorry. It's, mm. close Brisbane, research, huh? it's in a Brisbane's, couple of weeks. Uh, Brisbane's showing some Brisbane, form too, Yeah, right? that Brisbane were going good until they came up against Essendon on the weekend and got flogged. But be interesting to see how they bounce back against the Pies. Big game on Thursday night. Where's that one at the Gabba? That's at the Gabba, yep. Yeah, righto. Well, I actually think we might have seen the grand final preview on Saturday. Geelong v GWS was a ripper of a game. Only three points in it. Oh, Spion, I missed it. Mm. Um, probably there'll <laughs> be a replay during the week on Foxtel. You tune in and have a look. Yeah, I'll catch that. Uh, what about your Crows? For all the South Australians listening, uh, the Crows are uh, they got a they're up against the Suns this week, so it's a win-win game for me. Can't lose that one. So you probably wear your Suns jersey and your Crows hat or something uh, like that. See who wins first, and yeah. then I'll drag that one out of the cupboard. Righto. What about uh, rugby? Is there, some, much is there anything going on in rugby? Yeah, the Reds got thumped. They were overseas. Again. Yeah, no, they won the week before. They actually played the Stormers at home the week before and oh. um, actually had a really good win. It wasn't know. the best of games, but I, I feel like there was another headline over the weekend. I just mm. can't quite put my finger. I saw on something it. on social media. Well, thirty nine thousand other people made a comment on it too. I think thirty nine thousand. Well, thirty nine thousand. That's right. Israel Folau, uh, goose, gone. Well, it looks like it. Yeah. Gone. So the, the ARU's come out this afternoon with a breach notice. Right. Um, I also heard Michael Checker say today that he will not pick him. So, so he's done. You put those two together mm. and career over. And but if you read between the lines of Hooper, the captain, Wallaby's captain, he's also saying, sorry, I'm, I don't know if I can condone this. Mm. It's not good for the kids. So where to now? What, I mean, ARL, uh, AFL said they don't want him. NRL doesn't want him. What does he do overseas? Yeah. Starting a church, I heard. Yeah. Not even joking. Or a cult. Um, it, it seems seems uh, I don't know. Seems odd. Seems different to the to the learnings. I I went to a private school for a couple of years there in the middle of my education, and it seems at odds with uh, the message that I delivered with tolerance and uh, God loved everybody equally. So mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll just leave that there. Eh? Yeah. Look, I mean, he's obviously uh, he's someone that a lot of young kids will look up to. Yeah. Um, and Nisey can probably touch on it, but these guys are all trained on social media, what to, what not to say, what to say. It wasn't an accident. It was deliberate. It's, it's still there. Well, the post still, is still there four days later. And he's yeah, come measured. out and said that he's, he stands by what he said. Do you know what's weird? I saw him, I saw an article. I apologies, I can't credit the, the writer, the author, but he was actually on the front cover for the Gay Rugby magazine four or five years ago. Hmm. So what's happened from going from being an advocate to, to posting stuff like that? What about the rest of the people he insulted? Yeah, there's a the lot of alcoholics and yeah. <laughs> it's ultra, in, he, uh, he insulted everybody. He didn't miss. Well, and then there's now – I mean, Gary Ablett and uh, one of the Colton players actually liked the comment uh, on Instagram. So now there's a bit of scrutiny on them for, for obviously liking what was said, liking the comment. Yeah, there you go. Social media. Costly for him. There's a lot of bills that he's not going to be checking. Yeah, what, what did he still have three years left on his contract? Sure. I think it just got renewed. Mm. They wanted to hold on to him, but, and it's a World Cup year too. So who does who do we pick? Who does Australian rugby fill in that hole? But I'll make a statement. I think I think we haven't got the best out of him. I don't think he he delivered much, and whether that was in a poor side, I don't know. But mm. I'm not sure that uh, you know if the ball's not in the air, he he really wasn't that much value. He got pushed out in the wing um, for and and uh, Kirtley Bill was pushed to fullback. I don't think they really knew how to use him very, that well. So mm. career over, opportunity for someone else now. Righto, 
moving on. F1, finally, finally Ricardo was able to quality where, where he's supposed to, the best of the rest, out-qualified out uh, Hulkenberg in seventh, and then he pretty much finished best of the rest. Mm. So fairly – there was a bit of action early on in the first couple of laps, but it was a fairly boring race after that. Mm. But uh, hopefully some good signs. Hulk retired again, so – not good for the Renault engines. So. Yeah, they're in trouble, aren't they? Yeah. MGUNK. So is that so where did Ricardo finish seventh? He finished seventh and I reckon he would have been pretty nervous for the last uh, ten to fifteen laps. We had he had Paris on his um tail for pretty much the whole race. He was a second or second half. He was in and out of DRS zone. So mm. um yeah, pretty interesting. Well, that, that's pretty much going to be a stock standard position for him throughout the year, isn't it? Seventh, um, pretty yeah, much. Two unless, Mercedes, unless Max takes a couple of people out further up the uh, mm. chain, that's that's pretty much as good as they're going to expect mm. to finish. Uh, there'll be a talking point later in the, the year between the two Ferrari drivers because Leclerc got told to surrender his spot mm. to Vettel, um, Vettel mm. and then he was not very happy about that because he felt he was the f- fastest car anyway. So, and he made some interesting comments. On, on his uh, radio, but that'll blow up before the end of the year, which is great. Seb won't like that. Seb, yeah, he's a sock. Getting some of his own back. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see him. Pa- I'd ago, love to see Leclerc pass him when he's uh, – He's only a four-time world champion because he had a rocket under his mm. ass yeah. for four years. He yeah. was by far the best car. I think last year we saw that met the mental game – Hamilton's got his number because every time that the pressure was really on, Seb crumbled. Absolutely. Hamilton, Iceman. And he knew how to put him under pressure too. That's what I like Definitely. about Lewis. He's awesome. Uh, V8s quickly. Uh, Mustangs back on top. Fabian Coulthard takes his first win uh, in 2019. Uh, for the first round they've tried um, no pit stops during safety car. So that was so it was interesting. Um, not a lot of other news. I, I didn't get to see much as much of that as I would have liked over the weekend. But yeah, the Ford's dominating this year. Mm, changes to the suspension rules uh, causing Holden a whole heap of grief. They don't know how to set up their cars properly. Uh, move, move the rear suspension. Did Van Gisbergen finish? Um, I don't know. Did I see a wheel come off Jamie Winkup's car? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. do not see mistakes like that out of Triple Eight. No, that, that's bizarre. That was in. Uh, that was on Saturday. So, so that's yeah, big. They're just uh, they're struggling at the moment. The Holdens. Bit of UFC out of the weekend. Uh, didn't see a lot of it, but I got to see uh, Israel Adesanya, who's a Kiwi, uh, or fighting out of New Zealand. Uh, Beat Kevin Gastelum in a cracker, and that's now set up a match with Robert Whitaker. Which, according to Dana White in the uh, press conference afterwards, he's said that must be in Australia, and it probably will be in an, in a stadium, not an arena. They they expect that to be huge wow. for the uh, for the title. Uh, Max Holloway uh, was the main event on that card, and he was outclassed by Dustin Poirier. Um, Connor's beaten both of those guys in his career, so I really he's retired, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, keep saying that. Allegedly. Keep hearing it. He's waiting for his shares to come through. But I saw Kabib posted uh, he's waiting for his now. So that'll be interesting. They want shares in the company. But I think until those guys are active again, that, that division's sort of on standby. Uh, soccer. I've got no time for soccer this weekend. There's so much happening. I'm going to just blow on straight hey, through to – Coomer uh, under eight had a buy. Following on from last okay. week. Okay, yeah, I didn't get the uh, I didn't get much other news come in. Logan had a win, I think. I think the Logan seven, Lightning beat them. Won their FFA game. Shout out, Wall. Uh, ben Simmons booed mm. by his home crowd. Yeah, what's what's doing there? Uh, so allegedly they're or they're supposed to be the, the the roughest crowd on their on their own players, mm. and they've been on a bit of a you know 
they've been without a win for a while. Well, he's so he's carried them for eighteen months, though. To be fair, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He, he do, didn't appreciate it anyway. And another controversy: one of the players having his mobile phone on the uh, bench, checking uh, phones, which is against NBA in that rules. same game. Same game, the B. Yeah. Wow. So that was interesting. Massive repercussions. Forex oh. Gold sponsor this week. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm still going on this one. Nothing better than I'll a catch gold. Up. It is the best. Uh, yeah, these are a special edition for you, Noisy. Mm. Uh, so we, we try and do a different beer each week. Mother's milk. Until we get a sponsor, it, we, we'll continue uh, trialling some different ones. Who made the most runs at West Cricket Club? Oh, I know this one. It wasn't me. Who was it? Recently got passed. Errol Nye. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> it's no secret it is the biggest day of the year. Something you might know about a bit Noisy. Uh, biggest day of the year for Foxtel. Game of Thrones returns. Winter is here. Massive. How stark. Can't wait. You, you need to get on board, mate. Mm. It is huge. I missed the bus. So many theories going around. Uh, spoilers, if you're not up to date, you know, stop listening now. But who is the Night King? What does he want? And uh, what's John going to do when he finds out he's plugging his cousin or his auntie, whatever's going on there? That's a bit, that's a bit out there. Uh, Moving on We'll move on <laughs> my, Here's my hot tip John is a Baratheon There I said it Golf Apparently there's some Oof. golf played over the weekend You guys might know a little bit about that Massive night Huge. Tiger He's back Arguably the best comeback of all time isn't well, that's, Yeah It'd have to be wouldn't it I mean Not that it was only two or three years ago The bloke would hardly walk He's had four or five back surgeries He's um, got a fuse back it's his lower vertebrae. Yeah, you know, he came back. I mean, he had the yips there at one stage with his chipping, literally could not hit a chip. Um, the driver couldn't hit the driver on the golf course. A lot of, lot of guys questioned if he'd ever play golf again, let alone win a tournament, let alone win a major. Um, and he's done both in the last six months. Um, just the way he got it into the clubhouse last night, the last six holes he was just Electric. pretty much hit it in every spot he needed to. Do you reckon he mentally he had their number? Like once he was in the hunt, there were some names that you threw out last week when we were doing our preview and they didn't even feature. They weren't even close. Yeah, I didn't do real good with the picks actually. No. Paul Casey and Justin Rose didn't really. But uh, even. They MC hammered and they didn't even make the cut, mate. Rory. Rory was disappointing. Never got it going. Spieth. He's been bad. Started bad but came good in the last couple of rounds. I had Stenson as a bit of a dark horse. He played really well at the World Match Play and he just didn't quite get it firing, although he played well today. Yeah, look, I mean, as I said last week, there's a lot of guys that play Augusta well and there's a lot of guys that traditionally don't play there that well Um, and it's normally the same guys. It's a ball strikers. Most years that are up around the mark. Um, But no one plays it better than Tiger. What was the talk leading into it that uh, the Augusta, well, the the golf club were, were... Complaining about how far the ball's carrying, and if 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 the manufacturers don't do something about it, they will. Well, What's mean, that all about? So, well, basically, each year they need to do something to make the course more basically trick up, toughen up the golf course because the guys are getting they're getting better and better every year. They're hitting it further and further every year. So this year they they brought a tee back the fifth. Then they brought back maybe fifty yards. Go back to wooden and they, clubs, and they also brought the two fairway bunkers on the fifth back. Yeah, I mean, the reality is it's not just Augusta having this issue. Every golf course in the world go back to wooden heads. Well, it's that's what's killing it. Technology is is killing 
these golf courses. I mean, we don't have enough land. The golf courses don't have enough land to make the course longer to, to suit how far these guys are hitting it. And I'm hearing they'll, they'll move the 13th tee next year back to make the 13th longer off the tee to make it more of a challenge, to, you know, to lay up or, yeah, or hit the... They, they had a lot of rain too leading into the week of the tournament and during the week of the tournament, which always makes the, co- the course um, softer. So they could just go hard. Yeah, so these guys are just, they're throwing it at the flag, whereas in, in years gone by... It'll normally bounce. You'll get a big bounce and, yeah, you know, it makes it a little bit harder. So, But you have a look, it was only 13 under. I yeah, mean, you have a look true. back, you know, 15 years ago and that was around the mark. If, yeah, you, okay. if you got to 12 under, they generally, you're going to be there or thereabouts late Sunday. So I did a bit of stalking on Instagram. Is it true you caddied for Adam Scott in 2003? <laughs> um, not in the main tournament but no? in the uh, par three tournament which is on the Wednesday. That's pretty Tell cool. us that story, yeah. Errol. It's a good story. <laughs> uh, it's a very good story. I was actually on my way to England to play cricket um, and uh, stopped off. Adam invited me. Adam Scott invited me over. And um, as you may be aware that, you know, Dylan's been good mates with him for a long time. I have as well. And um, he asked a bit me, of a name dropper. Yeah, he, he is. He likes to leave him wine around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I got invited to the par three and um, Adam's caddy at the time, Tony Navarro, took me to the caddy shack. We got dressed up in the overalls. Um, that walked, is unreal. Anything yeah. under them? Yeah, I wore, I wore just shorts and a T-shirt, mate. Some of the caddies don't wear anything. Tony, Tony uh, sorry, um, Stevie Williams, Stevie Williams didn't wear anything. He bare was back. bare back the whole way down because um, they're thick. And anyway, we get to uh, the practice green and we're about 20 minutes out and um, – Butch Harmon was there because he was coaching Adam at the time and uh, he said, uh, mate, I need a drink. And I sort of said, mate, I'm not his regular caddy, so you, you can get your own. And then Scotty turned around and he goes, no, mate, you're the caddy now, so you go and get the drinks. Hurry up. And I was like, oh, right. Sprayed you. Sprayed me. So the, there was a little drinks cart about 50 metres away. I went and grabbed that and came back, got the boys their drinks. Um, they started walking the tea and I was actually a little bit nervous. I was like, there's about 50,000 people around the, the little par three and it's a magic little... That looks a lot more fun than the actual tournament, the par three, does Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. cool. Uh, and then Scotty's first shot, he knifes it into the crowd and hits someone. Um, in tradition, he's just supposed to give him some pennies or, or some nickels or whatever. And uh, I actually had some in my pocket because he didn't bring any. I was like, mate, you're the millionaire. <laughs> me. You're the millionaire here and I'm having to pay for your mistakes. That's I said, gold. maybe you should just let me hit it. Um Anyway, we got to the seventh hole and uh, Luke List, the amateur, actually uh, had a hole-in-one. That was awesome. Um, and at that time, I turned around to Scotty and I said, mate, I've got an appreciation for this gig. It's, it's tough. <laughs> I sort of left, pulled the bag off my arm and I was the only one out there carrying the full kit, the full staff bag, all the clubs and everything. And I was like, mate, this is, this is ridiculous. It's, it's a lot heavier for these guys to carry around for five days is a joke. <laughs> Anyway, we get down to the ninth. He, I didn't get to hit a shot. I was a bit disappointed about that. I'll have to have a word to him. I've never actually brought that one up. Um, didn't anyway, get to skim it across the 13th get, there? Or no. Did it? no. <laughs> no, that's from the 16th. On the normal 16th. play, yeah. But they usually let someone, you know, their caddy hit the ball on the ninth. Um, no putting? Didn't no get putting, play. nothing. Um, you know, cleaning, cleaning clubs and didn't get a gig. But uh, threw our clubs on the back of a cart um, drove up the hill towards the clubhouse and back in that day there was a green putting green a practice green in front of the clubhouse and Butch and Tony were waiting for me up there and anyway I, I put the bag down I've gone right Tony you can have the bag back I'm not doing that anymore it's a joke that's heavy you know ridiculous Scotty unzips the back of the bag and two full bags of range balls <laughs> fall out of the back of the he's bag and he's shot. like what are you doing mate trying to steal golf balls from Augusta this is you know <laughs> you can't do that and I was like oh, you're a joke anyway my cricket coach rings me the next week and I tell him the story and then um, the old uh, 
back page sort of, you know, banter in the uh, Courier-Mail had it featured. So, yeah, it was pretty pretty good time. Um, amazing place, Augusta. That, that's unreal. Yeah. Never, many, never to caddy again. Never to caddy again. At least I made the cut. That's all yeah, I can I'm say. Yeah, I'm one mm. Well, he, do, he does – he goes on a bit about – like him and, him and Adam are best mates, but to me – like he would have picked his best mate for that kick, I would have thought. Well, saw point. See that? No, oh, I've, 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 had, on. I've had one go at catting and it wasn't real good. No, didn't yeah. have a lot. from one. I can actually tell you, we I stood right next to Adam's ball at Coolum on the fifth, and Scotty was there looking at the ball and the light wasn't great. It was in the rough. I had a little chat to him. I said, "Where's your caddy, mate?" And he was fifty meters back when the caddy finally come up. And he's reading out the numbers. He was like, "You've got 400 meters to the hole." Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty <laughs> he hilly couldn't, hole. He, that couldn't, one. <laughs> he was dead flat. He's he, was, for the he was in a world of hurt after five holes. Well, we, were, we were four over after five, so it was hard to get motivated after that. <laughs> yeah, well, clearly you weren't giving him the right numbers either. Anyway, yeah, Moving Tiger. On. Look, that was yeah. As Nigel said, it's probably probably the greatest sporting achievement. I think I found the the uh, the key to, to yeah. Tiger's success. It was uh, it was going to be. Going to be in the uh, in the uh, science update, but it's just something I found online this week. Hopefully, the people uh, at home can't see it, but if if you can, I apologise now. But I, I just think maybe uh, this machine's gone. Could be could be the key. So a Chinese company's come up with a sperm extractor for for people that aren't willing to uh, masturbate when they're going for a sperm sample at hosp- in the hospital. I just thought maybe that's uh, was that the, <laughs> is that the key to Tiger's success? Maybe he, he, looked, one. he looked very relaxed this week. Um, what do you think? Thoughts? Should they be banned? Yeah, that could be performance enhancing. Well, he's been in hospital a few times. He's had a few operations. Maybe you're just uh, channeling his inner in a hospital visit. Uh, credit, Twitter credit for Not that. Not sure why angry, you found that at, online, Red. At Angry Man TV. Uh, I think that was. Were a you jo- looking for one? That was a Joe Rogan <laughs> retweet. No, I thought, I thought that joke was going to go better, Timmy. Oh, well, you get that. What about uh, World Cup cricket squad announced today? Well, we got Nisey in the studio. Big news, big news. So a couple of big admissions, Peter Hanscom and Josh Hazelwood. Probably Peter Hanscom bigger than Hazelwood, I would have thought. Hazelwood's never really been a feature in the Australian one day, so no. he's more of a fill-in when blokes need to be rested or whatever. And he's probably lacks a yard of pace to be a good one-day bowler, I reckon. Well, probably the biggest talk. And a good change-up. The big talking point, Smith and Warner back in. How uh, how are they going to fit back into the into the sides culture? Very are the players going to take them back? From what I understand, they'll take one of them back very easily and the Smith. other one not so much. So obviously we haven't really got into into your background just yet, but mm-hmm. you've been in those change rooms. You've, you've, yeah. been, you've been in that environment. You can't tell me the bowlers didn't know what was going on. Yeah, look, I, Mitch Stark I, swinging it around corners. Yeah, <laughs> he goes, Jesus, Paul looks good. Well, or not? Look, I'll say no because there's so many times where the bowlers will have their own meetings and they have their own discussions, and then the captains will have their own discussions, and then they'll just basically tell you what's going on. Yeah, right. And um, you know, within that team, I think when you get to that level, um, people know their roles in the team, and yep. from what I understand. David Warner, uh, and I got this from a player that played a lot of Australian cricket with him. Um, you know, he had one responsibility, and that was to be a pest and to be that person. He was good at it, and he was good at it. Um, hence, why he, he liked to get under people's skin, you know, in, against the opposition. But for for him to direct another player to do that, 
um, and Smith knew about it and didn't stop it, I think that's where the buck stops because my understanding is that the players, the bowlers don't want to have anything to do with him because he was he was basically saying, yeah, they knew about it when clearly they didn't. And, yep. and, you Jack, know, did Smith know about it? I had to. And, and I think he admitted to it. Well, from all reports, he heard him talking about the change room and didn't do anything a, about it. Turned a blind eye. Mm. Yeah, that's rough. So the squad. I don't know what's happened to my squad here. I've got Warney's squad. I like listening to Warney. I think Warney's. Maxwell, Stoinis, Carey, Cummins, Stark, Richardson, Zampa, Plush, Marsh, Lyon, Turner, Kilton Isle. Well, the one that Warney's been on about all summer is Darcy Short. He, he's obviously a big fan of his. Understandably, um, he drops bombs. He just hits it so big. He's, and he not, can, he's not in the squad. No, he can change the game. No. No Chris Lynn? No Linny. I think Linny's fielding was be, would be his biggest admission. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he probably didn't take his opportunities when he played for Australia, he really didn't get going. Um, and I think too there's definitely a um, – with him and Short, there's there's a IPL issue there. Um, and the fact that they don't feature in the long version of the game, the guys that play all three forms – you know, Australian contract-wise and in just endorsements um, are exposed to, you know, a greater money earner. So people like Linney and Darcy Short who are only going to be, you know, 2020 specialists need to basically um, work the 2020 market. Yeah. The one that's really surprised me, I've probably got to eat my words, but Stoinis, I've never been a rap until probably the last six to 12 months. He's he's arguably probably the best all-rounder in the world. Uh, that's interesting. I think you've got a guy in England. Well, the, uh, and Max, the, Maxwell's not. Yeah, Maxwell's nah, not. Maxwell's bowling's poor. But Stoinis is a pretty valuable part of the team now. Oh, absolutely. Um, you look at the reason why he's a good bowler is he can bowl at the death. Very hard thing to do. Um, and he's also got multiple variations. Um, and he can hit a big ball. So mm. sounds like you, Errol. Yeah, and his best mates with Daniel Ricciardo too. I noticed. Yeah, same same hairdresser. Yeah, both terrible hair, haircuts. Fresh. Anyway, uh, I think we got a caller on the line. Before, before we, well, before we dive more into into Errol and his career, yeah, um, something that we thought we might start this week is uh, we're going to call it Jake's Jaffa. We've got a bit of a celebrity tipster. Um, well, he'd call himself a celebrity anyway. But uh, Junior Jake Hannon is uh, each week going to supply a what we call Jaffa or a moral of the week. We're going to start with $100 and we're going to let it ride each week um, with the plan being that when we get to $1,000, we'll donate it to a junior sporting club. Junior sporting club, that sounds good. Uh, so we'll let the winnings ride each week. Um, junior will supply his moral of the week um, and the, the, the club uh, that we're going to start off with is Coomer Soccer Club. So I think we've got Junior on the line. You there, Junior? Hi, boys. How are you going? Good, mate. Good. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Jakey Hannon. <laughs> Hope you've done some research, mate. We, uh, I don't want to put another hundred in next week. No, mate. This is a moral this week, boys. I'm, I'm very confident. I mean, I don't, I don't pick too many losers. I'm, I'm on a streak. You know, this is recorded. Uh, we will be, uh, we'll be winning this week, boys. What do you got we for went, us, mate? What do we got? What are we on, boys? This week we're going early too, so we'll stock the kitty up nice and early Thursday night at uh, seven thirty up at the Gabba. I think the the Lions have played well, but. Um, I think, you know, they'll probably come back a little bit into the pack after two wins and the loss last weekend. And I, I think the line for Collingwood, the uh, the minus nine and a half at a dollar ninety. Minus is, nine and a uh, half. Yeah, is the go with the, the pies. Hate to do it to the lines, but um I think that should set us off well. Collingwood minus and nine and a half at a dollar ninety. Yeah. 
Like it, Junior. Like it. So hashtag gamble responsibly. Is it we've got to say stuff like that or yeah, or sponsor sports so. bet yeah. Neds, someone yeah something still chasing a sponsor. Just saying. Anyway, Junior, what? we'll uh, we'll get that bet on and uh, hopefully we'll have a hundred and ninety to to let it ride next week. Good luck, boys. All right, mate. Thanks, mate. Talk next week. Appreciate it. See you, yeah. mate. Cheers. Cheers. Right. So before we go a bit deeper into your career, I just I just want to go back to. Kit bags. When, when does this fifteen-man squad assemble? Uh, so they'll be six weeks out. So they'll, they'll get out there pretty early. They'll play some practice games. Um, it's a long tour. It'll be you know nearly three months. I think you'll you'll be on the how, road. How how awkward is day one when they show up, get the uniforms, arrive at the team hotel, team first team meeting. Dave Warner walks in. Steve Smith well, walks in. I, I did read somewhere that they've got. They've actually got plans around easing them back into they've the squad. They've already had a few beers with the team or something. Like yeah, they went to Dubai. Um, they went over and uh, when they were preparing against Pakistan, yeah. they uh, spent some time with the team, um, probably to have it out in the dressing room. I'd say uh, they would have had it. They would have already had that. Beef. Yeah, that's been done. It, it's done and dusted now. Whatever's happening, I think you'll find they've kissed and made up, and everyone's hugging and slapping asses again. But the the definitely you know they'll be keen to get them back in the side. Warner's uh, um, form and even Steve Smith's at the IPL when no, they played their few few games was was electric. In fact, I like the fact that Warner's got a bit of a um, bit of a tiger mentality at the moment, where people said, "Oh no, you'll never come back, and we don't want you," and all that sort of stuff. But he's gone out there and he's got a point to prove now, and he's yeah. that sort of bloke. I mean, I remember playing against him when he'd only played one or two games for New South Wales, and he was fair stuck into everyone. He's so he's, he, he was arrogant, he, and he knew his well, he ability. He thrives off it, doesn't he? he? But he does, and that's what gets him going. But when they put him on the leash, he sort of goes into his shell. So so Australia wants the best out of Dave Warner, but then they, they don't want the, the side of him that really fires, yeah. it, fires mm. up. So that's, that's a sort of... And he's got a couple of soft points, doesn't he? Like his wife is, is a topical conversation, yeah. always has been. Mm. Um, is that off limits on the cricket pitch? Do you think family? Oh, look, it, it is, and it should be, and it and it is in in the new code of conduct that came out probably seven or eight years ago. Yeah. But uh, before that, it was do whatever you like. Um, I've had some some beauties. Anyone want to share? Um, oh, I think there's you know the 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 Mars bar on the wicket's a pretty good one for me and Healy against Regina Ronatonga. <laughs> um, you've got uh, you've got Glenn McGrath who. Um, Said he'd share his biscuit with someone, and he said, "Yeah, I shared it with your wife last night." So oh. there's, there's always been some bad ones, but yeah, right. I thought the best one ever was uh, Steve War. You've you've dropped the World Cup. Was yeah, that, that was against um, Johnny Rhodes, not Johnny Rhodes. Um, Herschel Gibbs, Herschel Gibbs. Mm. You've just dropped the World Cup, so and he was right, and we beat him on the last ball of that game. So uh, while we're on the topic, let's let's get serious for a second. <laughs> ball tampering. Ever had a go? No, no, mate. I, Come on, wink. There's not, no, no one watches this show. It doesn't. He didn't need to. He just chucked it. <laughs> yeah, here, here we go. Um, look, uh, I played in some pretty amazing sides in Queensland. We had yeah. uh, Bickle, Kasperwitz, um, Ashley Nofke, uh, Joey Dawes. Um, you know, there was um, there was a few blokes that really um, just lost were, something. There. You know, we didn't need to do a lot. Um, to get the ball going because, um, you know, they were seriously talented, talented bowlers. Um, and we had a, we had a, um, a group of, a group of players that, uh, you know, we didn't really need to, to worry about that. We, we won every game we played, um, which was good. 
Sorry about that. Um, yeah, righto. And, and to be honest, and I think, you know, we mentioned this off air beforehand, the Pakistanis used to use one of these things and they used, to, they used to put a, a slither or a cut in the ball, which, you know, aerodynamically, when the air's running across one side, it catches that and then makes it move. The sandpaper's not going to do much. It really isn't. Um, so it was laughable from a cricketer community so, that he's even asking to do that. So not only did they embarrass the nation, they just weren't even doing it properly. No, no. There's, um, Should have been go hard enough. <laughs> yeah. There's there's no benefit, no great benefit to that. Yeah. Um, you know, at that point. But uh, I just find it, I just found it ridiculous. But the question has to be asked is were they doing it? Had, was it just that they got caught and they'd been doing it previously? But to me, it was just got caught at that moment, but they probably tried other things. So that my understanding is that they were honing in on Warner because of all the tape on his hands from the previous match. Is that right? So so the South Africans were claiming that they that the Australians traditionally we've never been great at reverse swing. Yeah. Um, you know, we've always had to rely on a good spinner like Warney to come in and do the dirty work. But um, they were talking about it the game before how we got the ball to um, reverse swing very quickly. And the South African captain, who's been done twice, let me add that. Hypocrite. In. Hypocrite. Massive hypocrite. Massive hypocrite. Um, had called the, the his mates at the um, television station and they put extra cameras. Yeah, right. Basically just to watch individual players. Um, so they were aware of it and they just wanted to highlight it and they highlighted it. It's a bit like, you know, the old golf days where someone breaks a rule and someone rings in and says, I've just read the rule book. You can't do that. Mm. Um, same deal. Um, and, and then obviously I think what destroyed the, the, the whole situation was that cricket Australia didn't step in and say, Hey, we've had a situation. We're going to assess it internally first and then we'll get back to you tomorrow. Instead, they, they basically fed them to the wolves after yep. the game and made them, you know, um, accountable for something that they were going to have to lie about. Yep. And that's what happened. And then after that, they're saying we've got a bad culture. Mm. When, you know, I watched the uh, interview with um, uh, with Steve Smith and, you know, it was six months earlier when we were really struggling and we lost a test match in Hobart and – Pat Howard, who um, I don't know the bloke personally, but from all reports was a terrible um, cricket operations manager for it um, and they should never have used him. Um, and James Sullivan came into the dressing room and said to the boys, you know, we don't pay you to play cricket, we pay you to win. So, you know, that, that they talk about an inner culture. I don't think that Darren starts Lehman – Starts at the top. Yeah, it starts at the top. And I know Darren Lehman really well. Um, fantastic human being and plays the game as hard as anyone you'll, you'll ever meet. And I played against Buff. Um and he wouldn't have condoned that sort of behaviour. So, you know, there was a couple of little messages in there that sort of said that Cricket Australia was starting to struggle financially, yeah. f- finding a, a really good sponsor. Um, and that Crowds TV were runs, down a little bit too. Crowds are down. Unless England are here, that, you know, there's a lot of empty England, seats. South Africa, yeah. India. But I think too, we're in a decline. Um, every sport goes through it um, where, you know, you just don't have the, the player base um, yeah. and the, the depth. Um because at the moment, you you know, back in so much when I started playing cricket, you could have picked three Australian sides. I mean, the Australian A side Australian was beating a, the, yep. the Australian team um, and you had people like da- um, Damian Martin coming through and Ricky Ponting and yep. um, a guy I played club a lot of club cricket with, Greg Rowell, who bowled, you know, 150 k's an hour and was just a great competitor. Mm. Um, we don't have that anymore. Um, I watched some Shield cricket this year and there's guys that are, you know, the first change bowlers lucky to bowl 130 yep. and he's not swinging it. 
Um, you know, you can sort of – I don't understand why batsmen aren't scoring a squillion runs in great in first-class cricket because it's not happening either way. Yeah. Um, you know, for from my point of view that um, when – when Daniel Wade, uh, not Daniel Wade, um, what's the keeper's name from Matty Tassie? Wade. Matty Wade is a leading run scorer in Shield cricket. There's a problem, mm. and he was this year. What about? I mean, the one that's probably forgotten out of the whole um, South African saga is Bancroft. I mean, was he was he led astray? Was he will he play for Australia again? Well, Where, where's he at? You know, he he came out in his interview with Fox Sports and said that you know he felt like he had to do it to fit in to fit in. Mm. Now, you know. Is David Warner that bigger bully that you feel like you can't well, say no to him? But that comes back too to what you just said about the culture. It was a win at all cost mentality. He was sure, a young surely he could have looked across the room and went, "Are you serious to go? Yeah. Like I'm really taking sandpaper onto the field again." He was a guy that I, I think, in his own heart, didn't think he deserved to be in the side to start mm. with. Yeah, and I think he was like, "I'm I'm a lucky I'm lucky to be here, so I'm going to do yep. what I can to fit in." I per- if that was me, I personally would have said no, um, yep. and it would have been a you know against my own. You would have went with a bottle top. Yeah, we discussed that earlier. I would have went with a chainsaw actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but being a spinner, you get no no yeah, benefit. No out benefit. Of it. Um, but it's it's left a sour taste in in the in the um, public's eye. It's it's crickets a long way off from earning their respect. And we've won a lot of games of cricket in the last two months. Yeah, we've, we've actually started coming back. We've been covering that the last couple of weeks. Mm. So we've been on a good run. Good run. And, and, and Smith and Warner making big, big runs in the IPL. So yep. it should... Finch point, has come to some form. Finch, Finch is in quite... So, so that was what we did. We've talked a bit about the awkwardness uh, of of them coming back into the dressing room. Where do they fit in the lineup? Oh, I think you've got to have Steve Smith in the side regardless. I think he's a presence in the field. He's probably the, one of the best fielders in the world. Um, I, I, it, it would have been a simple selection, you know, Warner in for Finch. Yeah. Um, then you've got to find a new captain. But Finch, um, you know, her, I can't believe he even played test cricket. I think that's um, beyond where, you know, it just shows the, the level of um, – you know, standard of Australian cricket. Finch has been around a long time, but he's not a. He's never been a four-day cricketer for Victoria. He struggled to make their side. Um, I would have done a straight slot with Warner and Finch, but now Finch has gone and scored hundreds. Um, yeah. So Finch and Warner have got her open. Can you hit me with a beer, big fella? Forex gold. Forex gold. Gold. I think uh, you know, and then the other one would have been Kawaja. Kawaja's not really someone you know historically who um, scores very quickly. <laughs> Uh, he would have been the guy that you probably you know slide down the order or maybe not even the side and you bring in Smith, um, but that's you've now got to rethink that. It just again it just comes back down to the powers of B. And but I've got a feeling that Darren, uh, that Justin Langer is going to make them wait, and I think that they'll play but won't play them, them in the first game. No, I think they'll they won't play in the first game, and I think they'll wait till they play one of the minnows and they'll give them a crack there and see how they go. Because the other thing is I heard an interview with Steve Smith and he said, you know what, um, playing at that level, um, the guys do bowl a little bit quicker. It's a bit different to grade cricket in Sydney and I know grade cricket in Sydney struggling. Um, you know, that sharpness and the ability to react, um, which is considerably different and you're going to be on wickets in England that are going to seam around against a juke ball that swings. He needs to be sharp. I think you'll find they'll play the practice games and that'll be... Completely different to what he's... The India too, so... Yeah. Different pitches. Yeah, very different pitches. Time will tell. So, going into your career a little bit, you're a two-time Peter Burge Award winner. So, that's kind of a big deal. 
uh, and a couple of time runner up. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. The um, Peter Burge, I suppose, for the people listening, is like the equivalent to the Brownlow or the yep. um, Allen Border Medal or um, what's the other one for league, Dylan? Um, Delhi M. M. So it's the equivalent to grade cricket's um, players. It's voted by the umpires. Um, and yeah, I, f- I fell short three times by a point. So has anybody else won it twice? Uh, Adam Dale. I don't know if you remember Chip Adam Dale. Dale. Chip and Dale. He bowled, played a few test matches for mm. Australia. Swung Chip. it both ways. Quite a handy cricketer, actually. He won it twice. He won it twice. So big red couple of stats here I got yep. from Nazi's career. Uh, Eleven thousand first grade runs, thirty first grade centuries, um, and as you mentioned, two time Peter Burge medalist, three time runner up. So. Arguably, probably Brisbane's best grade cricketer we've had in many, many years. Took three wickets in a Ford Ranger Cup final, all-rounder. Yep. So so before that, I suppose probably one of your highlights was your debut game for the Bulls, mm. um, 2004, yep. I think, Sydney Cricket Ground. Sydney Cricket Ground, um, yep. Made 100 on debut, I'll let Nisey tell more of the story, but 100 on debut against the likes of McGrath, War, both War Brothers. Both War Brothers. Michael um, Bevan. Michael Bevan, Nathan Bracken was another fast bowler. Um, and I noticed on the score sheet, 18 fours. So you don't like to run now, but you obviously didn't like running back then. Um, tell us about that day. And obviously you waited waited a while to debut for Queensland and made a stack of runs playing for West. But what do you remember about that day? Yeah, it was interesting actually because I, I, um, the season before I'd actually scored um, – in just the two-day games for my club side, 950 runs, which has, hasn't been done since 1928, I think. <clears throat> Sorry, can you say that again? So we play club cricket, you play two-day cricket, which is yep. our equivalent to like four-day cricket yep. or the longer version, um, and you only play uh, 11 games. So I actually averaged 98 that year and couldn't get into the into the um, shield side. That's massive. Um, so just on that, I've got some names here that were in the Queensland squad back then. You've got Stewie Law... Um, Love, Hopes, Watson, Simons, Perrin, Jimmy Ma. So, I mean, it's arguably Queensland's greatest ever. So, so we talk about depth back in the day. That's, yeah. that's I mean, what it's like the Queensland about. state of origin yeah. side for the last 10 years. I mean, it's it was it's a hard one, one It was a hard team to crack into, mm. that's for sure. And it was back in those days you had, you know, you had to perform and beat the door down for a long time um, and wait for somebody to get injured. I only got my game because Jimmy Ma pulled a hamstring in the game before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I scored 950 runs in the grade season before, which has n- never been matched since. But there's only two other people that have done more and they played 18 games in a season to get uh, only 100 more runs than I yeah. did. Um, so I averaged like 98 that year. Um, and then uh, I actually was a leading run scorer in the national second eleven comp um, the year after. It's 650 runs at 50, I think, 55. Um, and I only got my... Debut in the very last Shield game of the year through Jimmy getting injured. So um, we both Queensland and New South Wales, uh, Victoria already in the final. They'd had a stellar year. Um, we both had to win that game outright to get into the final the next week. Yep. Um, I received my hat in the cap presentation and it was actually quite funny because you sort of think of that moment as being really special. But the guy basically gave it to me and he said, don't, don't stuff it up. <laughs> Um, no pressure, but don't stuff up. And um, I sort of who gave it to you, uh, Scott Presswich, um, who's a Queensland all rounder. 
uh, getting ready to go out to bat, I was uh, absolutely shitting myself and I was sitting next to Stewie Law who we actually played for the same junior club together. The yep. only two people to come out of that club to play for Queensland and um, he said to me, how are you going? I said, I'm not going too well to be honest. I'm a bit nervous. Um, McGrath was on at one end. Bracken had just finished a spell. Matt Nicholson who'd played test cricket that year was coming on and he was bowling rockets and I was like, shit, I don't think I've faced anything that quick this year. Um, and Stuart just said, oh, mate, I, you know, I wouldn't have picked you if I didn't think you were capable. It's n- no different any other Shield game, uh, no did, other club game. Did the captain get to p- pick his team back then? Yeah, back then they did yeah. because we had – I mean, mate, they didn't have to do many pickings, you know. Yeah. It, was, it was The team picked itself. Um, it was just this instance where, you know, I had to, you know, I had to step up. Um, I remember walking out the bat and I was, I was nervous and Nicholson was bowling and, he, you know, the first ball that uh, he bowled at me, I missed by a foot and a half. Um, it literally had hit the keeper's gloves, which was um, Brad Haddon's gloves uh, before I'd even swung. And uh, <laughs> I just heard Steve uh, Mark Warwick's second slip and he goes, ah, this won't take fucking long. And that was it. So I was like, okay, I better switch on here. And then uh, after that, um, McGraw was down the other end and he bowled me a juicy little half volley on, on uh, leg stump and I drove it down through mid-on for four and I sort of that got me away and um, – I actually gave McGrath a bit of a touch up that day. It was pretty cool. I, I, I hit most of my boundaries off him. Um, it's a nice little, uh, yeah. nice little memory. Steve War was a bit of a um, pest to me too. He, he never directly sledged at me, but he spoke around me all day. Yeah. And you, you know, it's a bit like Tiger in the Lark group. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't miss him. You know, he's there, and he just had this awe and presence on the field. It was unbelievable. So you guys went on to win that game, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and then obviously the final was the next week. Yeah. Um, what happened there? I got dropped. Mm. I got dropped. Jimmy Mark. debut and don't play the next yeah. week. I actually got a wicket in that game too. We we won that game under lights, which had never been done before because Steve Ward said, look, you know, we're here for the best of the game. We both need to win. We, they only needed 60-odd runs, you know, they had a couple of wickets spare. The lights came on. It was dark. Um, the umpires wanted to pull the game. Steve Ward basically came on the field and said, no, sorry, um, keep going. Um, Stewie had an agreement with him and said, we'll, we'll bowl our slow bowls so you can still see it and we'll just see what happens. Yep. Um, and then I got a little call from Chris Hartley who was uh, who basically was making his first season in, in first-class cricket and he gave me a little, you know, Nathan Bracken was um, batting and I could see he was overbalancing a lot. Um, so he sort of said, spear one down leg side. So I bowled an arm ball um, with a little signal from the keeper and we ripped the stumps. Chucked an arm ball. Chucked the arm ball down. It was quick, uh, mainly because I chucked it. Um, and hearts ripped off the, the bales and we got him stumped. So I got a wicket as well, which was cool. So you really were uh, a short short game specialist. So that was where you really flourished. But it was just pre that uh, big bash sort of yeah, 2020, 2020 uh, takeoff. Do you look at what they're making now and scratch your head uh, and think what could have been? Yeah, it is. I mean, look, we had a season, two seasons of 2020 cricket, which was, a you know, the, the KFC Big Bash, yep. um, Queensland versus the rest of the states. Um, and it was still in the traditional Queensland balls. Yeah. There's no uh, franchises. No, there. that's right. Um, and unfortunately I didn't um, – we had a red-hot side there too. Yep. And I didn't get a lot of opportunities. Even when I played one-day cricket for Queensland, I, I think I actually came into bat once before the 40th over. And yep. uh, um, I came in once at the SCG um, and I was 45 off 28 balls or something. There was a storm coming across and I got an instruction to go and, you know, pick up the run rate and I got caught on the fence. Um, but prior to that, I didn't get a lot of chances because we just had such a great side. We, we won a lot of cricket yeah. back then. Um, I remember I remember sort of just after I finished school, so around that period, we'd go into the, the Gabba and cheering on Queensland in final. Mm-hmm. You know, we went like 
three or four yeah, years in a yeah. row. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, but I always got to bowl, which was good. Yeah. I, I love my bowling. I was a competitive bowler um, and just, uh, you know, f- got a lot out of it. And for me, if you look at 2020 now across the, you know, any sort of league, because there's a lot of leagues out there now or even the World Cup, you watch who's going to be the most valuable bowler in each side it'll be a spinner of some description mm. uh, it's a lot harder to hit a spinner over the fence well, when there's of, no pace in the ball a lot of 2020 games now start with the spinner bowls the first opening, over opening yep and it's you can control things better with a spinner I think you yep. can um, if you've got a spinner and Maxwell's okay he bowls a lot of darts into the Yorker position but you know, if a side's got a good spinner like this Pakistan um, and even this uh, um, West Indian the leg spinner um, that came out here for the Big Bash, he's going to feature pretty heavily over there. Is that why Lions back in the? Is that why Lions? Oh, you ha- yeah, you'd have to. Um, and English wickets traditionally, if they if it's a bit wet, they they turn straight away. So yep. why not? And they're slower. Yeah. So again, slow bowler on a slow wicket, they're gonna you know um, you're gonna get the best value out of it. So, Errol, let's go back to the prime of your career, obviously with those names we've mentioned um, in the Queensland side. And obviously I know the answer to this, but were there any opportunities to go and play in another state to play more shield cricket? I mean, I know there's guys have done it um, before. Yeah, look, look at that? Yeah, absolutely. I sort of got to a point in my career where, you know, I loved playing the longer version of the game as well. And I actually, to be honest, I think it fitted me just as well. Um I got a phone call from Darren Lehman um, when he was uh, playing, still playing. He was coach captain sort of of South Australia and he rang me and he sort of said, oh, Nisey, I think, you know, you're a waste up there. We'd like to get you down to South Australia. There's a really good opportunity. You could bat three for us here. We're looking for a player like yourself, good in the field. Um, We need a second spinning option. Um, You know, I'd love for you to consider coming down. We'd offer you a contract. Um, I was like, Jesus, big decision. Because back then, if you weren't on a really good contract, it was actually – it wasn't a lot of money to make a living out of it. Um, and you'd have to live in Adelaide. You'd have to live in Dillon's hometown. Well, um, to be fair, you're a very parochial Queenslander too. Yeah, absolutely. Very passionate Queenslander. But um, I got a phone call two weeks later um, from Buff saying, look, I've had a bit of an f- issue with the the board here in South Australia and they wanted to stick in-house. Um, and I was ready to move. I'd basically made the decision I was going to go. Um, a, to be playing under Buff, I thought would be special. Um, one season under him. And then he said, I'll, I'll be coaching after that and I'd like you to captain the side. Um, he rang me up and he said, look, they're not going to let this through. You know, we'd have to reassess. Um, but he had a, fall, a major falling out. Apparently the committee uh, or the board in South Australia at the time were about uh, average age was 93. Um, mm. So they, they didn't like those sorts of decisions. Um, and he said, look, stay up there. We'll reassess next year when I'm coaching. Um, but I, I'm almost certain you'll play, you'll start on the side for Queensland, bat five in all forms and, you know, bowl and you'll have a really integral part of the, be an integral part of the team. Um, and then two weeks after that, Andrew Simons got, uh, vanquished back to Queensland cricket, um, which he and I were obviously the very similar cricketer. Obviously he's a lot better, but. Um, I filled in that spot for him, you know, really, uh, really well. And the rest is history because he never got picked for Australia again. And um, Michael Clark made sure that um, he didn't. And then what, for me, it right was what, like, he, what juice he got there? There's a lot of speculation that goes on amongst that uh, that whole saga. Well, look, you know, Roy Roy was old school. I'd actually never trained or played cricket. You know, I was lucky to play with a few blokes. Greg Rowe was amazing, one of the most amazing competitors I've ever played with. Andy Bickle. 
Um, you could throw the ball at Andy Bickle when a team was two for 350 and he would give you, you know, it's 40 degrees and it's day four. He would give you 100% every time um, and trained really hard. Andrew Simons, um, everything at training was competitive. Yeah. And he'd, dra- he'd suck you into this vortex of, you know, getting into this stoush at training, whether it was, you know, we'd play touch football in um, – in the morning and he'd be dropping shoulders into people. Um, in fact, Lee Castle and I missed two shield games because he propped a rib um, and um, that was all off Andrew Simons that, thinking he was – That's Michael you know, Jordan-esque. You know, yeah. they talk about Jordan and the competitor uh, that he used to harass his, his own teammates and, and just like trash talk them yep. at training to the point where like it messed with their heads. Like him and Scotty Pippen were like a great duo but I don't, they don't like each other, do they? Uh, I'm not sure. I, yeah, yeah it's, that's an interesting one. But a a from an Andrew Simon, Andrew Simon's point of view, he, he was just a, a lethal trainer, and he he liked to play. His words were play um play hard, party hard. You always got to celebrate a win, no matter what. And so they don't do it anymore. So you talk about, you talk about him training hard. That's not the that's not the story that everyone was sold. That you know he comes yeah. off as the larrikin and the not interested, and he's going fishing instead of turning up to meetings, but. That's 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 a different side of it. Like a competitor, fierce competitor, trained hard, but mm. just thought you should be enjoying yourself at the I same th- time. I think where, and I'll paint this picture for you, and I won't go into it anymore. Roy rang me up one day because I lived down the coast here, and we were good mates. So he was pretty vocal about me not getting picked, even when he was back in the side. Um, we went pigging at an old place where Dylan and I used to work, Gainsborough Greens, at seven o'clock in the morning, and. Roy had a fishing box in the back full of 4X gold and Roy used to fill up two-litre milk bottles full of water and freeze them yeah. and then he'd just get an axe and he'd chop it up and yep. then he'd pre-prep the carton the night before. I've never, ever had a beer at the perfect temperature like Roy used to provide them. We would go piggy so in the morning. Note that down for next week. Have a look what's <laughs> yeah, in there. Probably need a bit more ice in here, lads. Um, but we this was before training one day. Roy... Pretty much got through most of that carton and but that afternoon we had to go to training. But he was more interested in chasing pigs and drinking Forex with no shoes on and he's a, his wife beater and a pair of uh, Broncos training shorts. That's pretty cool. So one, one, more, one more question and obviously you've heard me say it during the show, but Errol, how did the nickname Errol come about? Was that, uh, that was from Roy, wasn't it? Yeah, we were, we were doing a fielding drill one day and I don't mind uh, – because you used to wear it on the back of your shirt there when they brought the names. Yeah, so it just it, we were doing a fielding drill one day and I got stuck into Roy because um, Roy's not the smartest. We had some we had a wall on the dressing room um, in the in the dressing room. This wall that had uh, Royisms. Um, so things like uh, you know the coach would go right, boys, you need to give your RSVPs for the function on Friday and. Roy be like, I'm sick of coach having to use his, our time in the thing for his RSPCAs. Now this is just not right. So people are like, RSPCAs, mate. That's, he goes, yeah, for your RSPCAs. Uh, no, it's RSVP, mate. <laughs> and he's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and I remember sitting with him at the Gabba one day and he's reading a um, – it was like a Dolly Doctor or something, some chick's magazine. And he says, oh, what do you do when you have a row with your with your missus? And I said – it was sort of five key points of having a row with your missus. I said, what? He goes, it's a, a row, mate. It's a row. <laughs> and he's like, what's that? Oh, all right, okay. Cheers, Nazi. But, yeah, we're having a fielding drill one day and he um, he started calling me Errol and I'm like, mate, what do you call me Errol for? And he goes, ah, you look like Errol Flynn. And I'm like, really? 
Anyway, people heard it and then it just stuck. It's one of those the most stupidest, you know, nicknames. Um, and now all my mates call me that. So in, I've, in I've like sort Flynn. of in like Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna throw to our science up. We're running out of time tonight. Uh, we're gonna go to our science update and then we're gonna hit you with three questions. Okay. So. Timmy, I went a bit early on this picture. Sorry, I distracted people. But uh, can you tell us what's what going on? It looks like a stain on the screen there. What do you got there, mate? It's it's the Eye of Saruman, isn't it? From Lord of the Rings, or not? What is it? That is a black hole. What? Massive, massive news this week. Huge news. So basically, mid last year, there's a team called the uh, that ran a uh, two, actually it was a group of two hundred scientists together. Stay with us, Dylan. Don't fall asleep. Dylan, I can see. You. <laughs> Uh, they they basically formed an alliance and they called it the Event Horizon Telescope. So it was a collaboration of telescopes around the Earth. So basically the problem in the past has been they've known where these black holes are and they've actually been able to, I suppose, visualise the, the effects that gravity's had on stars around the black holes. But due to the size, and just to give you an idea, whilst that is absolutely massive, that black hole... It's, it's uh, I suppose, what they've achieved is the equivalent of us seeing something the size of an orange on the moon. So the only way they're able to achieve this is by actually having a telescope or a radio telescope the size of Earth. So if you can picture by having these uh, radio telescopes around Earth, they've achieved this uh, amazing feat. And what you're seeing on the screen is something that um, basically Einstein predicted or theorised. So it's exactly, you're seeing photons of light spinning around a black hole and what you actually see is the black hole itself doesn't have a size but the size that they measure is, is what's called the event horizon, hence the event horizon telescope. So what you're actually looking at is the point beyond where light can no longer uh, actually escape. So the escape. event horizon is as you go through the hole what, and into the abyss. That's correct. So the black, the black hole itself actually doesn't have a size. And, and they're saying that there's one of these at the centre of each galaxy and that's why you Most get that galaxies. swirling look when you see a picture of a galaxy. You Most galaxies will have this. So they, they, it's think, absolutely Jimmy, massive. We've lost them. That's we've awesome. lost them. Straight <laughs> straight it's on the other side. It's, a, it's amazing. It's amazing. So what I mean, what, what you've said is exactly another, right. Another, ga- another is universe a, on the other could, side. Yeah. Well, they don't know. I mean, it, it's once it goes beyond the event horizon is where basically all our knowledge Good. stops. I saw that movie. Right, uh, what are we? Uh, what are we? You got three questions? Three questions for Nazi. So we want to make this a bit mm. of a tradition. Thank you for being our first uh, in studio guest. It's been been a pleasure. Uh, I'm going to hit you with three questions. Uh, f- rapid fire. If, if if you know, think you know. First thing that comes to mind. Uh, your favourite bar that you've had a drink in the world. Um, there's a rooftop bar in New York um, called. Uh, Esco or something, I can't remember the exact name, but it basically looked over the Hudson River and most and down the left hand side of New York was pretty cool. Cheap cheap beers there? Uh, eighteen bucks for a uh, Coke, basically. Um, and then I think a bourbon was thirty five. Which was good. I had one drink. Next one. Favorite athlete of all time? Uh, Michael Jordan, hands down. MJ. Yeah. Grew up. Idol. Love him. Uh, last one. If you could have I've always wanted to ask this question. I know it's a bit of a cliche one, but I've always liked it. If you could have any four people over for a barbecue out of history, so alive or dead, who do you invite and what are you cooking for them? 
Well, first of all, I'd cook them a ribeye on the bone. Um, nice. Be, I'm coming. Um, bugs, um, bit of a surf and turf sort of yeah, theme. I like it. Um, I'm in. Calamari, some fresh calamari grilled, not not any of this other crap, but it has to be grilled. Um, Who's cooking it? Oh, I know a couple of good cooks. Um, it ain't you, Dylan. Uh, actually, Dylan is a very good cook, um, must say. Uh, yeah, there'd be um, there'd be a bit of red wine too, probably a stogie for dessert, you know, just to sit down and uh, watch a bit of sport. I was going to get you one, but um, just due to the regulations here in the studio, we couldn't yeah. smoke them today, so I apologise for yeah. that, but uh, maybe You'd next thank time. thank Michael Jordan for that. I just thought it looked cool back when I was a kid and yeah, sitting there with the, stuck. So obviously Jordan yeah. would be coming to the barbecue. Yeah, Jordan. I think Nelson Mandela would come. Huge I reckon one. he'd be a, yeah, a, a big uh, a big one. Um, uh, it, they'd all be athletes, I think. Um, I'd like to have a chat to Greg Norman, um, see what he's got um, happening. But um, the last one, my goodness, I think uh, hmm. Roy. Nah, I've had plenty of beers and banter with Roy. Um, I'd probably get my grandpa back from from uh, from the grave, I reckon, just so he could have a bit of a you know yeah, good one. That's uh, good. mingle around with the boys. He'd I love like that. it. Righto. On that note, cheers, boys. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks for, for having in. me. Thanks, Daryl. Awesome. Welcome back. Thanks. Anytime. It's Timmy. Thanks, Timmy. Uh, righto. That wraps up episode four. Uh, what a doozy. Collingwood min- minus nine and a half. So, so cheer them on. I don't know if I can cheer for Collingwood. Mm, it's the not boss, easy. The boss will be happy. Uh, Obviously, you can find us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at Beers and Banter. Uh, Thanks for love, people, and keep sharing. Cheers. Cheers.